0: Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apatria. It is Thanksgiving Eve, November twenty fourth, and we have thirteen games on our hand We're running solo on this show. So it should be—I uh, don't even want to say—fairly quick. We got thirteen games to talk about, but I'm going to try to cruise through this. Too. It's coming out a little bit later than we normally like. Had some things come up last night, so I'm recording it the morning of. But before we jump into anything, quick shout out to our presenting uh, sponsor over at Manscaped. Guys, check out manscaped.com. Fully line of all of your male grooming need products, including the new and improved lawnmower 3. Actually, I'm sorry, 4.0. So 3.0 is the one I have. I'm looking to actually pick this thing up pretty soon. It's a lawnmower 4.0. Has everything that we love. Has the light. Right on the top of the trimmer. so That way you can actually see what you're doing. It has the no clip guard on it. Fast charging. It's waterproof. It's everything that you need over at Manscaped. Pick up your lawnmower 4.0. and You might as well get the perfect package kit 4.0. So what is that? It's the perfect package kit I'm always talking about. But new and improved for your holiday needs. For yourself. For your brother. For your father. For everything. For your friends. Use the promo code Hoopball20. You get 20% off plus free shipping. All right. We're going to dive straight into things. It's going to be a fully packed slate. Lots of games. Lots of action. That's exactly what we're looking for the day before Thanksgiving. We're starting off, and we have the Phoenix Suns traveling to Cleveland, taking on the Cavaliers. 209.5 game total. Phoenix favored by 6.5 points. Darius Garland is questionable with a neck strain. Mobley still out. CeeDee Osmond's probable. Colin Sexton Lamar Stevens out. Frank Kaminsky ruled out. Dario Saric ruled out. Abdul Nader is questionable. We'll start off with the away team, the Phoenix Suns. You're going to hear me say, guys, there's a lot I do like on this slate, and there's a lot I don't like. So uh, I'm not going to spend so much time talking about everybody because we have to trim down this player pool. But we're going to talk about a good amount of people. I think Chris Paul AK is in play with us. Uh, fair price tag, fair matchup. Nothing to worry about there. AK, he should pay off that salary is he one of my top point guard options probably not but if I land on him I wouldn't be mad about it outside of him I probably won't be going to two too much I think eight and still in play at 74 but we have a lot of centers that we can look through so I, I just don't think I'm gonna end up falling on him either on the Cleveland side of things if Garland's ruled out Ricky Rubio at 6800 is very much in play I have no issues looking at Rubio regardless but I think he becomes a much better play normally I don't target too many teams going against Phoenix especially in the backcourt but I think at 6,800, even if the game gets out of hand and he plays 27, 28 minutes, he can pay that off pretty easily and pretty comfortably. If there's no Garland and he plays closer to 34, 35, he'll pay it off for sure. We'll be happy with that return. Outside of him, I think Laurie Markkinen at 5,400, very much in play. Uh, played 30 minutes in his return, put up 36.5 DK points. He's playing primarily his more comfortable position, which is power forward instead of small forward. So the rebounds, they'll be there for him. You should get double-digit shot opportunities, especially if Garland's out. I think playing one, if not both these guys, are very good options. Uh, you know, On a 13-game slate, you might not want to get double exposure, uh, maybe a mix and match. And if you do play two of them, you might want to run it back. But now we're talking about playing three ga- three guys in the first game of the night and not something I always like to do on a big slate like that. I kind of like to leave my lineups a little open so I can adjust in case any news breaks. On to the next game, L.A. Lakers, second end of a back-to-back, traveling to Indiana. They are taking on the Pacers uh, as of right now. 217.5 game total. Indiana being favored by one. No injury report for the Lakers on the back-to-back. Karis LeVert is questionable with lower back soreness. TJ Warren has been ruled out. Looking at this Lakers team, they should have LeBron back after his one-game suspension with everybody healthy. I just don't have a lot of interest anywhere across the board. So I'll probably take a pass on all these Lakers. They're all pretty priced up outside of Westbrook, and I just don't play Westbrook while LeBron's there, especially at a big slate. We have other guys we could spend up on. So if you wanted to go anywhere, if you wanted to play any of these guys, it would be LeBron for me fired up after his one game out. But like I said, I'd probably go to some other options on the Pacers side. If there is no Karis Levert, I definitely have some interest here. I'll be looking at Brogdon at 7,600. I'd like to use that spot to target guards going against the Lakers. Uh, Brogdon's usage, especially with Levert off the floor has been pretty high this season. The minutes will be there. If this game stays close, he's had down minutes over the past three games, but expect that to change. Uh, If this game stays close, he'll probably be looking at anywhere between 33 to 36 minutes. And in that case, I think we're looking at a smash in 40 DK's point spot. If LaVert's also ruled out, I'll have a good look at Chris Duarte. He's 4,100. He's been relegated to a bench roll as of late, but should draw draw a start if he's out. And I imagine that we'll probably be seeing closer to 30 to 32 minutes out of Duarte. And this one at a 4,100, I think he makes for an excellent value play on this slate. Third game of the night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. We have the Charlotte Hornets traveling to Orlando. They are taking on the magic for the Hornets. Everybody is good to go outside of PJ Washington, who is doubtful. Cole Anthony has already been ruled out, as well as Michael Carter-Williams, Markel Fultz. Gary Harris is questionable. Jonathan Isaac and Etwan Moore all ruled out. 217 game total. Charlotte favored by four and a half. This one's going to have a lot of fantasy-friendly goodness in it. Looking at this Orlando team. Don't mind LaMelo at 10-7. I think there's some other guys I'd rather spend up on. It's a good matchup. I think I'm going to probably end up with more exposure over on the Orlando side, going against that pace-up uh, team in Charlotte. Bad defense in Charlotte. I think they're 23rd right now in defense for a team in the NBA. So, like I said, only guys I'm probably really looking at. Might be some bridges. Uh, don't know if I'm going to go chase in that Rozier game that we just came off of. But, I mean, obviously, it's a good spot. Um And he's getting it done. 63 is not a bad price tag. So if you want to play Rozier, I wouldn't fault you. Dual eligibility. But I probably won't find myself there. Looking at the Orlando side of the ball, some of my favorite plays are going to be on this team. Wendell Carter Jr. at 55. Absolutely love him in this spot. I think it's a smash spot for him. 5,500 is a great price tag for him as well. A dude that we were paying 65, 6,800 for at one point. So I don't mind looking at some Wendell Carter Jr. He has that power forward and center eligibility. And then I think we go back to the well with RJ Hampton. Uh, he's just pretty much matchup proof. As long as Cole Anthony's out, he should see at least 26 to 28 minutes. And if the game gets out of hand, he'll play. If the game stays close, he'll play either way. 4,900. It's increased price tag from 42, $700 increase. I still have some interest. Probably the only two guys I'm really looking at, but if you wanted to throw some other, you know, dark throws in here, like a Suggs or a Mobamba, I would have fault you. I even think Franz Wagner's in a decent spot. If you wanted to look at him as a value play at 3,900, we can do that. Coming off of two horrendous games where he shot a combined one of 13, he'll right the ship. Uh, It's the matchup to do so. On to the fourth game of the night, Brooklyn Nets traveling to Boston. 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game, taking on the Celtics. As of right now, for the Nets, Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton both rolled out, as well as Joe Harris and Kyrie. And for the Celtics, Jalen Brown is questionable, as well as Josh Richardson. So those are two guys we're going to have to keep an eye on uh Josh Richardson dealing with illness jalen brown it's more of like a, a return to conditioning thing they said that they were gonna have about a 25 to 28 minutes limit on them in the last one they played more than 30 always happens i think with the celtics but as of right now we're looking at a 215 game total and it's pick them to the nets don't mind looking at patty mills at 4700 we know that there's gonna be some value there He's played 30-plus minutes each in each of the last five games and returned off that salary in all of them but one. So Patty Mills, definitely an option that we can stare at. I, I don't play as much Patty Mills because he's pretty scoring dependent. Big slate, but he's there. We can use him. A uh, guy I don't mind taking a look at would be James Johnson, who's now played at least 23 minutes in each of the last three games. Season-high 29 in that last one where he put up 26 DK points. Very versatile player. He's taken double digit shot attempts over the last two, but it's the assists, it's the rebounds, defensive stats. It's that he chips in a little bit everywhere. They're going to need some more size in this matchup going against that bigger front court. I think that we can easily get a good look at our guy, James Johnson. So probably not spending up on Durant and Harden. If I had to pick one, it would be Durant. Uh, and you can keep Aldridge in your player, pool because he's just been rock solid all season long, at least 37 DK points or two out of the last three games. I'm expecting another 30 plus minute game out of him, but. I think I'd rather just spend down on Johnson, spend up in some other spots. On the Celtic side of the ball, if Jalen Brown's ruled out, I'll have a lot more interest in this team. Looking at Dennis Schroeder at 6,400. Schroeder has been absolutely elite when we've seen him sit. Just the usage has been there. He would, he would draw the start if Brown sits. 6,400 in this matchup. Absolutely sign me up. I'm good with that. And then that's probably the one of the only guys I'd be looking at. I like Robert Williams in this matchup as well. Centers going against the Nets is something I always keep an eye on. The games have been there for him. So 56, if you need a center that's mid-tier, you can absolutely look his way. I think I slightly prefer Wendell Carter Jr., but Wendell Carter Jr. also has that power forward eligibility, so we could slot him into multiple spots and still get another center in there if we'd like to. And then Tatum would come into play at 10-1, only if Brown sits, if Brown plays, it's no interest in here. And if if Brown plays, the only guy I really would look at would be Robert Williams. On to the fifth game of the night, Chicago Bulls traveling to Houston, taking on the Rockets. This is an 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. For the injury report, the Bulls, Alex Caruso is questionable. Javante Green is probable. Nikola Vucevic is questionable, so couldn't see the return to him. I doubt it, but he could be back. And then for the Rockets, everyone's good to go except for Kevin Porter Jr. He is questionable. We have to keep an eye on that. 217.5 game total. Chicago favored by 7.5, but if I'm a betting man, I am probably taking Chicago even with that spread. On to Chicago, not a lot of interest here for me, just being honest, especially if Vucevic comes back. It's just going to muddy the waters. If Vucevic sits, I could see myself maybe having a share or two of Kobe White at 4,100. He drew the start in place of Caruso, so we would need Caruso and Vucevic to both sit, and if that's the case, we could take a look at Kobe. I actually, pre- Ooh, excuse me, coffee burps. I actually prefer him coming off of the bench at 4,100, just getting that bench usage. If the game gets out of hand, he'll still play. They're trying to get him back into game shape, trying to get him back into a rhythm. So $4,100, I think that's a very tolerable price tag. On to the Houston side of things. All good here. Not playing a single soul or a single body. Uh, I, I can start crossing off games. It's 13 games to talk about, and this game's not one I'm overly excited about. So probably all set with Houston. Next game, Toronto. Traveling to Memphis, taking on the Grizzlies. 8 p.m. Eastern, standard time game. Looking at the injury report for Toronto, Precious, OG, Utah, all questionable. For the Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks is questionable. De'Anthony Melton still ruled out. As far as the game line, 217, Memphis favored by four. I'll start off with Toronto here. Everybody feels priced pretty appropriately. If Precious sits, if OG sits, I think we could look at Ken Burch at 3,800. That's a value play. He's been playing 20 plus minutes, but I think if we see Precious sit, it'll be closer to that 25 to 26 minute mark. And which case he's got a pretty solid floor, about 20 DK points if he plays that The matchups fine. Not worried about that whatsoever. So I don't mind looking at Ken Birch, 3,800 decent value play. I'm not paying 61 for Trent. Don't mind Scotty Barnes at 66, but a lot of that luster has been taken off of him over the past few. He's coming off of a big game. Kind of feels like we're chasing. Uh, Keep him in your player pool. Not somebody I'm overly excited about. If I'm playing anyone, it would probably be Freddie Van Vliet at 7,800. Just Freddie's got the floor. He's got the upside at 78, decent price tag, shooting guard and point guard eligibility. We always love that dual eligibility. That way we can get multiple builds surrounding those types of guys. On to the Memphis side of things. I'll probably continue to take that John Morant fade. It's just been uh, it's been cooking. It's been working. It's been on and off from it. But 9,800. We're getting a little bit more of a fair price tag. 30 shot attempts in that last one. I wouldn't fault you if you want to play him. I'm not going to say to completely fade him. On 13-game slate, I expect the ownership to be down on him. There's one other guy on this slate I like slightly more at that price tag. So I just don't see myself having a ton of shares of him. But if you want him, I wouldn't fault you. Go for it. Uh, Outside of the job, the only other guy I really have any interest would be Jaron Jackson Jr., who's just been absolutely cooking. If he plays 30-plus minutes in this, sign me up. It's all about the foul trouble. It's all about the minutes for him. We've seen some down-minute games. He's actually played at least 30 minutes once out of the past, I think it was like six or seven games at this point. Uh, but anytime he does play more than 30, he's looking at about 35-point DK floor. So sign me up at 63 for some Jaron Jackson Jr. On to the seventh game of the night, Detroit Pistons traveling to Milwaukee. They're taking on the Bucks for the injury report. Pistons, second half of back-to-back, but we know that Isaiah Stewart is still suspended. Killian Hayes most likely ruled out. For the Bucs, Dante DiVincenzo, Brooke Lopez, Semi Ogilvy, all out. This game's coming in at a whopping 213.5 game total. And that's not the whopping part. It's the 14-point spread to Milwaukee. And that says all I need to say. Uh, I'm probably fading this game entirely. All good. Not playing any options. If you game script it and think it's going to uh, stay close, sure, you can look at some, some of these Bucks guys. But not going to feel too comfortable about the runback options. So I'm fading it entirely. I'm not playing a single soul in this game. I'm just going to keep it moving. Like I said, the uh, podcast is coming out a little late. We're 14 minutes in. I'm already 7 games in. I'm trying to motor through this for you guys. Miami Heat traveling to Minnesota taking on the Timberwolves. For the injury report, Heat on the second half of the back-to-back is not available, but for the Timberwolves, Josh Koji is questionable. We have a 212 and a half game total. Excuse me if you hear my dog barking in the background. He's being a menace to society. And Miami is favored by one and a half points here. Looking at this Miami team, I'm actually interested in this game. It's up pace for Miami. Minnesota's defense has been okay, middle of the road so far this season. Jimmy Butler's coming in at an expensive price tag. I don't love the price tag for Jimmy, but there's a little narrative involved here where he, you know, disagreed with Carly Anthony Towns on a lot of things, beat their second or their first string team with the third stringers in practice. There's always the narrative, I guess. So Jimmy at 10K, we'll keep him in play for the narrative. Outside of him, I think it's a good matchup for Bam. One thing that worries me, it's a back-to-back. We don't have their injury report yet. I imagine he'll probably come in questionable. He was questionable coming into Tuesday's game with an illness. So with the illness, with the knee injury, there's a lot of reasons why he might not. And he looked a little lackluster in that game against the Pistons. It was a matchup that he should have absolutely torched and dominated. And We didn't get the best play out of him. So... A little worried about him. Normally, I'd be having him circled going against Carl Anthony Towns, but like I said, a little worried. So keeping him in my player pool for now, but not somebody I'm overly excited about. If he sits, Dwayne Deadman at 3,500 becomes a great value play. Outside of the those two main key cogs, if Bam sits, obviously Hero, Lowry, they both get a little bit of boost. Same thing with Butler. But I kind of need to wait and see. But this is a great matchup for Miami. Uh, you know, keep these guys circled. Keep, keep an eye on them. And once the news starts to come out, that's how we're going to adjust to it. On the Minnesota side of things, Carl Anthony Towns at 9400. I like him a lot. I love that price tag. Let's just start there. I absolutely love the price tag. He should have no problem paying that off. But if Bam sits, I'd have a lot more interest in him. Obviously, it's just a tough matchup. I normally don't like to take centers going against Bam, but at that price tag with Carl Anthony Towns upside, we're still going to keep him in that player pool. If he was over 10k, I wouldn't probably even consider him. A sip of the coffee right there. Anthony Edwards 7400. I'll probably take a pass. I like the price tag again, but I think there's better options out there on this slate. And then the only other option I really have any consideration for would be Jared Vanderbilt at 46. He's starting to get priced up, but back-to-back games starting, back-to-back good games at 30-plus DK points. The lowest he's had over the past three is 28 DK points, getting double-digit rebounds in each of the last three games, always chipping in the defensive numbers. 46 feels a tad too expensive, especially with all the other value we've already talked about, but he's in play. On to the next game, another game I want absolutely nothing to do with. But we got to talk about it, I guess. Quick quick little brief over. Utah Jazz traveling to OKC, taking on Thunder. Shea's already been rolled out for the Jazz. They are good to go. This game's coming in at a pretty large spread. Two ten game total, 11.5 spread favorite to Utah. I'm going to take a pretty big pass on just about all these guys. Um, I like the Mitchell price. I like the Conley price. Don't like the matchup whatsoever. So no one on Utah for me. I mean, I like the matchup. I just don't expect it to stay close. Uh, We saw Jeremiah Earl Robinson Earl, excuse me, JRE, draw the start in place of our good friend Shea. 4,300, not going against Gobert. I'm all set. If anything, maybe look at Ty Jerome and blowout scenario at 3,700. Wouldn't mind looking at something like that. But for the most part, I'm staying away from this game. All right, we're cruising. Washington Wizards traveling to New Orleans, taking on the Pelicans. Washington for the injury report. Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, both ruled out. Getting closer, though, for Rui. Pelicans, Devontae Graham's questionable. Zion still ruled out. We have a 208.5 game total. Washington being favored by three points. It's a good matchup. I don't want to pay the 7K price tag for Dinwiddie. Don't mind looking at Kuzma at 64, but not overly excited about it. He had a, a pretty poor game last time these guys faced off, only shot two of 10, but the rebounds have been there for him, so he's in ter- play for tournaments. That's probably about it for me. Uh I don't mind Bradley Beal, but not somebody I'm clamoring for. Hasn't really showed us too much of that ceiling game. We got the first game against Boston where he put up almost 60 DK points on 36 actual points, but it seems like we're getting one or the other we're either getting the ancillary stats like the nine assists and seven rebounds in that last one but 18 points or we're getting a high scoring game and lower ancillary stats so at 93 it's a fair price tag we can keep him in our player pool if you land on him. i don't fault you but not somebody i'm overly excited about uh the one guy i think that we could have maybe a share of but we've already talked about plenty of centers might be Montrose harrell but even him not too excited about it on the pelican side of the ball not really focusing on anybody over here, even if what's his name sits, what's his name being, uh, Devontae Graham. We've been seeing Sadaransky draw the start and do absolutely nothing with the minutes. It's actually been Kira Lewis Jr., who's been playing well. And he played 32 minutes in that blowout against Minnesota. So if the game gets out of hand, he's still going to play 3,400. We'll keep him in the player pool as a value play. I think there's probably a better, a little bit more secure options. And then I think this is a decent Brandon Ingram spot. He's been shooting the ball poorly over the past three games. Ever since he came back, it's just been rough shooting in general for him. But this could be a get-right spot going against this Washington team, whose defense has been a little bit better than people give him credit for. But I like the price tag at 77. A guy that earlier in the season who was routinely putting up 40 points per night, that's DK points, not actual points. I think this is a decent spot for him. So I'll keep him in the player pool. Don't mind Ingram. Probably the only option I'm really looking at in this game on to the next one eight thirty 30 eastern standard time game we have the atlanta hawks going against the spurs in san antonio deandre hunter is still out going to be out for quite some time now so is jalen johnson and Yeka kongu all ruled out so for the spurs doug mcdermott is questionable zach collins ruled out this game is coming in at a 221 game total so a nice fat and high game total that's something we'd like to see atlanta being favored by three and a half I talked about it, why I didn't really like John Morant so much, and it's because there's some point guards in this game I do like. I think I do prefer Ja over Trey Young. Um, we'll get to DeJounte, but I think he's probably my favorite out of the three. And then looking at the center position, I think Clint Capella at 7,400. It's a good spot for Clint. Don't mind taking a look at him. I think that he's going to probably play 30-plus minutes in this one. I'm expecting it to stay fairly close. So anytime there's a fairly close game and Clint Capella's playing 30-plus minutes and he's in that mid-seven range, we've got to have some interest in him. Outside of Clint, I think Kevin Weirder... To- 4,600, definitely an option for us. He's been playing 30 plus minutes since we saw DeAndre Hunter got ruled out and had that surgery. Routinely paying off that price tag at 46. Has dual eligibility. Sign me up. I'm good with Uh Even Bogdanovich at this point, he's coming down at a decrease, uh, decreased salary. The, it seems like he's a little banged up, at, at though, at this time still. So I'm probably leaning more waiter. And then if you want to take dart throws at guys like Galinari or Reddish, sure, why not? Uh, both of them have been playing pretty decent minutes. Looks like Gallinari's actually eaten into Reddish's minutes ever so slightly. We thought that he'd probably be playing a little bit more with uh, with Hunter being ruled out lately. But it's kind of been the opposite. So I'm not a total confidence in this one. If anything, I'm spending up on Capella. Maybe take a couple stabs at like Werder. I think I like that price tag for him still. On to the Spurs, DeJounte Murray at 9600 I feel like I could never get him right. I had a couple shares of him in that last one where he put up that triple-double. He uh, he was a little frustrated after the game. He said, I don't care if we get a triple-double. We lost. So I always like targeting point guards going against Trey Young. Hunter being one of the better defenders. Out still. I'm good with Murray here. 9600 It feels like an expensive price tag, but we can definitely take some stabs at him. always seems to have low ownership on these types of slates, especially with a large slate. I don't see a lot of people going to him. Could be a way to differentiate yourself. And if he comes near another triple-double or takes even 22 shots, I think he's going to pay off that price tag. So at 9600 he's in play for me. Outside of him, don't mind looking at Jakob Pirtle. The minutes are back up now. Played 30 in the last one at 5,700. I think we have some better center options, but he's in play regardless. And then we want to see if uh, you know Doug McDermott sits. We'll probably see more Lonnie Walker. We'll probably see more Devin Vassell. So both these guys would be GPP plays at best, but they're in play. On to the next one, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game, Philadelphia 76ers traveling to Golden State. They are taking on the Warriors. For the Warriors, Andre Iguodala, Clay Thompson, James Wiseman, all rolled out. Seth Curry is questionable in the brother-versus-brother matchup. Joel Embiid rolled out. Danny Green, Tobias Harris, both questionable. We saw both of them sit in that last one. Ben Simmons still away from the team for personal reasons, dealing with his mental health. 2.17.5 game total. Philly, this can't be right, Philly being favored by 10. Feels a little. It uh, feels like they messed that up a little bit. When I'm looking at this, there's no way Philly's being favored by 10 at this one. Uh, if that's the case, you take you take the uh, you take that Golden State team right now as soon as possible before that line gets corrected. Uh, yeah, something's got to be wrong with that one. Unless there's something I don't know. Maybe maybe all these guys are sitting for Golden State, and I just don't know. Uh, looking at Andre Drummond here coming in at 8200 for Philly, coming off of a big game against Sacramento. We talked about it on the podcast. It felt like that was a smash spot for him. We just haven't been seeing the big minutes. Don't think this is going to be a big Andre German game. We know that they'll play small when they could. If you want to take him in your GPPs, it's still a good price tag if he plays thirty plus, probably pay it off. But I just don't have the confidence that he will play thirty plus. If Tobias Harris sits again, we can look at gorgeous, uh, gorgeous. I was thinking of gorgeous Ning. It's gorgeous Uh Very similar names, very similar sounding, but different players entirely. He's been playing thirty plus minutes over the past four games. He's been getting some decent shot attempts. We know he's going to stretch the floor for him and be one of their primary three point shooters outside of Curry. Don't mind him. Kind of falls in that Kevin Weirder range where it's decent value. I don't have uh, high hopes for the upside. I think Weirder's upside is probably slightly higher as well. But he's definitely in play. Feels like this could be a Shake Milton game, especially if Curry sits at 4,800. I'd have a ton of interest if Curry sits. I think he's a GPP play at best if Curry plays. And then the only other guy I really have any interest in would be Matisse Thybul, who played 33 minutes in that last one, put up 26 DK points, only 3,600 with dual eligibility. Okay with him as well. On to the Golden State side of things. Not a lot of interest here for me. I think that this, this should be a pretty, uh, pretty lackluster game as far as a competitive standpoint. If you wanted to play Steph, I'm not going to ever tell you not to. Well, I'm not paying 74 for Wiggins, not paying 71 for Poole. I think 67 for Draymond is in play as well. This could be a decent Draymond game. It feels like it has the makings to be one, but we haven't really seen that upside from him. So i will probably take a pass on this side of the ball for the most part. All right. We're going to keep it moving. On to the next one. Portland Trailblazers traveling to Sacramento, taking on the Alvin Gentry Kings, no longer the Luke Walton. Portland on the second half of a back-to-back, no injury report for the Kings. They are good to go. No injuries really to be talked about. Games coming in at one of the higher game totals of the night, 223.5, Portland being favored by two, even on the back-to-back, traveling to Sacramento. Damian Lillard seems to be back in a form at 9,700, coming on a back-to-back. I don't love it. I don't love the price tag. I prefer Murray over him ever so slightly, but you might want some some shares of this game. It's going to be an exciting game. Uh, I prefer McCollum over him, though. I love targeting shooting guards going against Sacramento. It's just something I always tend to look at. He absolutely torched them earlier in the season for 57.5 DK points, where he shot 14 of 24 for 34 actual points. I expect him to torch him again. They just always struggle against good shooting guards, especially ones that can handle the ball and are a little bit more versatile. So, Sign me up for some CJ. I like the price tag. I like the matchup. I think he's going to go low owned on this slate. Uh, Nurkic coming in at one of the lowest price tags he's had all season. 6200 If the minutes are there, we're, we're, we're paying for it. Even with limited minutes, we've seen him pay off the salary pretty easily. So he's, I always loved, I talked about it with Drummond. always love centers going against Sacramento. It's centers and shooting guards. Those are the only two positions I'm usually considering. So I have to consider them. It's a little volatile, especially on a back-to-back. Only played 24 minutes against Denver, so I think we're looking at probably another 25 minutes in this one, but he could pay that off at 6200 so I have some interest. Outside of that, I'm all good looking anywhere else. Maybe Covington, if you need the value at $4,300, he has been playing well, but it's mostly been due to the defensive stats, which we know those can give any single night. On the Sacramento side of things, a lot to like over here just because of the price tags. Darren Fox at 76 we don't mind paying that one. I paid for it in that last slate. Didn't really give me back the return I wanted, but he's been playing a little bit more like the Aaron Fox over the past, like three, four games. So 76, we can keep him in the player pool. I prefer McCollum on the other side of the ball though, at the same price tag, Harrison Barnes coming in 62. We've had, we haven't seen too many good Harrison Barnes games. we got a good one against Utah and that's the one matchup. I didn't want any shares of him in. So shame on me. Uh, but this is a decent matchup for him. I, I don't mind taking Darth throws out of him, but it's nothing more than a GPP play. And then we're Sean Holmes at 61. We've already talked about a ton of centers. He's in play at 6,100. He'll probably draw more ownership than Nurkic, but I think I prefer Nurkic over him ever so slightly. But both those guys are very, very much in play, and it looks like the Me Too movement is kind of slowly coming to an end over there. We don't know if Gentry's going to get as much involved in it. I think he's going to probably go a little bit smaller in this matchup. We might see more Halliburton. We might see more uh, Davion Mitchell. So I don't think he's a guy I'm really looking at or focused on. Halliburton has struggled pretty badly over the past week or so. Could be a good get-right game, but I'm not paying 52 to find out. And that is it. That is the entire slate. I think that's probably one of the fastest shows I've ever done where I've gotten through 13 games in only 28 minutes. So it's not very often I'm able to do that, but we did it. We got through it. Kudos to uh, everybody listening. It was a quick one. Player tier segment. Let's get to expensive player tier. Probably going to go with Dejounte in this one at 9600. Like him, like the matchup, like the play. A lot of these other guys up there and probably fading for the most part. So a couple of guys below him that we can look at, but I think that's where I'm going to go. Mid tier, talked about him in one of the earlier games. Wendell Carter Jr. at 5500. I definitely have a ton of interest in Wendell Carter Jr. I love the matchup. Uh, I think this has got about 35 written all over it. At that price tag of 55, sign me up. I'm good with it. And for the value, we're going to have to kind of wait and see how some of these injuries shake out. But I'll give a couple of plays right now that we can definitely look at immediately. I think Kevin Werner's decent play at 4,600. Don't mind him. If we see that Karis Levert's ruled out, I think Duarte at 42 is definitely in play. He'd probably be one of my favorite value plays on the slate, just knowing he's going to get that increased usage and increased minutes if uh, Levert happens to sit. So we can definitely look at him as well. We've talked about a bunch of other ones on here. Motor her through this podcast pretty quickly, but. It won't be a night that's too short on value. I can promise you that. With 13 games, we have a lot to look at. You can even go with Hampton at 49. A lot of guys. Thank you, guys, for listening, though. I'm thankful for everybody. I mean, we, we're, this is Thanksgiving Eve. Thank you for all of our listeners. Thank you for the awesome team we have over here. Thank you for Sports Ethos for giving us the opportunity to have this podcast on a nightly basis, something I absolutely love and enjoy, and I will continue doing it as long as I'm breathing. Uh absolutely love it uh you know I, i'm thankful to have my family uh you know everything that's happened over the past two years with COVID and everything it hit my family pretty hard i'm um, thankful that my mother is still here because she was someone that had a bout with it that it, it got extremely close and at one point i had to take some time away from the show uh to help out and just to hope so thankful for a whole lot i hope you guys have a great time with your families i hope you guys can cherish every minute that you have don't take any of it for granted uh family's all we have when it's all said and done family and friends so make sure you call all your loved ones spend some time with them and let them know that you're thankful for them and then give us a thumbs up five star rate and review greatly appreciate it guys means a whole lot to me i'll be checking out all the stuff this weekend and you know good comments bad comments whatever you want to leave just give us five stars follow me on twitter at mike m-i-k-e-a-p-o-t-r-i-a that wraps it up that's 13 games in a record-setting 30 minutes take care guys enjoy your thanksgiving